Hi and welcome. I'm Sammy and this is the Aligned AF podcast. I'm a functional health coach and exercise scientist and for the last three years have worked with clients all around the world with their PCOS, missing and irregular cycles, fertility concerns, weight loss resistance and so much more. My goal with this podcast is to share my education and own experiences with hormonal imbalance, bring on guest experts I trust to share their knowledge, and also have my clients come on and share their real-life lived experience with their hormonal imbalances, all to help you gain a better understanding of your hormones and symptoms. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, but that is still near and dear to my heart, and that is gut health. Um, a lot of people ask me about gut health, and I I do love working with a good gut case, um, but my niche is definitely hormones. However, gut is so tightly linked to hormones that, you know, it's something that I put into most of my programs, and sometimes, like, clients will be aware And other times they won't. Um, But so today's episode is basically going to be all about like gut health 101, like what is actually gut health? Why is it important? Um, And I'm going to give you guys a really quick win. It's a tool that a lot of practitioners, nutritionists, naturopaths will use to help fix the gut. Now, this can be used in, I would say, minor to moderate gut cases And this technique is still used in advanced gut cases, but it takes a lot more fiddling and a lot more work. So if you have quite a significant gut case, like you know you have SIBO um, or something like that, then working with a practitioner to actually work through the phases that I'll teach you about is definitely recommended just purely because it is a little bit more intricate in how you kind of um, like you have days where you have carbohydrates, there's days where you don't have carbs and that that's, you know, to help starve out bacteria. So, um, yeah, I highly, highly recommend if you have more of like an advanced case that you actually work with a practitioner. However, I will teach you what we call the 5R framework. Um, however, we're going to start with the basics, gut health 101. Um, but before we jump into this episode, I thought I would give you a bit of a weekly wrap up because again, I'm two days late to posting my podcast. Um, and I promise there is a very good reason for that. Uh, not that I expect that, uh, there's people hanging to hear this. Um, but it has been a week. Um, there are two massive things that have happened this week. Um, I'm going to share one, the other one. I just want to wait until, um, it's done and dusted and it is cemented and that way I can get very excited about it. Um, but the other one that has happened for me in the last week is, so my business for me is part-time. There's a couple of reasons for that. Um, I am waiting to get to a certain time in my full-time job that I get my long service leave. I'm very, very close to that. And then my plan is to actually take my business full-time after that. So I'm currently in this like limbo area where I do run my business part-time and I'm very selective with clients that I work with, more so just making sure that we really align to each other because that's the best way for clients to get results. Um, And then I have my full-time job, which uh, is in project management or I'm a senior project officer. And from those that would have listened to my episode with Shayla and a couple of episodes back, I did recently get a 
new job um, as a senior project officer where I am. Um, however, I decided to take a little bit of a leap of faith. Um, and with, with where I work, uh, you have the ability to, you know, apply for different roles and they're kind of like a contract. So I'm currently sitting in a contract and I've applied or I applied for another contract role. Um, and I found out that I was successful in it and I'm very excited because, Previous to doing projects, I did administration management and I love it. I, I'm like, I'm like an ogre. I have, I'm like an, no, I'm not like an ogre. I'm like an onion. Onions are like ogres. Onions have layers. Um, so, you know, I, I've got my functional health background and my science background. Um, but then from my full-time job, I fell into projects and I've always done, uh, management, managed administration teams. Um, so my new role is, going back to that it is actually a blend of project and admin um so I'm very excited for that um it has been a very quick turnaround from one job to the other but in my field that is kind of somewhat normal um because your contracts might only be six months depending on the project as well so I have been successful in getting a new role um it is at a different location. It's closer to home. Like there's a lot of stuff that's very, very exciting about it. Um, I am also moving up the career ladder, which is very exciting too. I'm very, um, I love to be challenged and motivated and I'm just that kind, I'm just that kind of person. Um, so this is going to be a really good new adventure for me that I'm very excited about. So that was one thing. And the other thing I will share with you guys as soon as it is solidified, um, because it is, look, to be honest, it's more exciting than the new job. <laughs> um, but I promise I will tell you it's nothing to do with my actual business. It's something more in my personal life. Um, but yes, I will share it when it is cemented. Um, apart from that, oh, I was going to get her on the podcast to do a bit of announcement. Um, but for any of you that listened to my episode with Shayla, where we were talking about, you know, her coming off birth control um, and working on her hormones over that, like about a year, a year and a little bit. And then we started, you know, ensuring that we were supporting fertility. Um, Shayla went from having no hormones six to nine months after coming off birth control to now being 13 weeks pregnant. Um, and the funniest thing, and this is why I actually wanted to get her onto the episode was, um, shout out. Hi Shay. Um, she does listen to my episode. So I love you. Best friend ever. Um, in that episode, when we were actually recording, Shayla kept saying to me, she's like, do you think I could be pregnant? Do you think I could be pregnant? And I'm like, let's just calm our farms. Um, but little unknowns to us, uh, she actually would have been like, a couple of days, maybe a week pregnant at that point. Um, because I think it was about a week and a half, two weeks after we recorded, she, uh, like we were tracking her hormones and we could see like her progesterone was nice and high. And I was like, um, actually it would have, yeah, it would have been around that time because we talked about the little mirror device on the episode and we were using that to actually track hormones and her progesterone was still nice and high at that point. So I actually think it would have been less than a week after we recorded the podcast. Um, and we'd been at work together during the day and I was driving home and she called me and it was just silent. 
And I was like, Shayla, are you there? And she's like, I think I'm pregnant. And it turns out she was. Um, so congratulations, Shayla. I'm so happy for you. This is something that we've been working towards for probably close to a year and a half, you know, getting her off birth control, getting her hormones regulated. Um, and she's had, besides the nausea and the food aversions <laughs> so far, she's had a really, um, you know, really good pregnancy. I think we are, <laughs> we, she is like 14. Actually, I think she might be 14 weeks now. But anyway, very healthy pregnancy so far. Everything's looking really good. So congratulations, Shay. I'm really happy for you. So that is my weekly wrap up. So let's just jump in. Sorry. Let's just jump straight into the episode because I want to cover off like gut 101. And then I also want to give you guys that 5R framework that you guys can utilize and take away um, to implement if you think you've got some gut issues going on. So first of all, what the hell is the gut? So our gut is our gastrointestinal system, and it includes your stomach, your intestines, and your colon. It digests and absorbs nutrients from food and excretes waste. It does a bunch of other stuff, but that is the basic. Sorry, I had the hiccups this morning and apparently I have like some residual stuff. Um, So that is like basically the the basic functions. And this is going to be a very top level basic understanding of gut health. Um, I believe Tori and I did an episode on gut health really in depth. If you want to, I will link that episode in the show notes. Um, if you kind of want that next layer, yes, we did. I, I do remember. Um, if you want that next layer, I will link that because that is very in-depth. And that was um, that was a really good episode on understanding actually the gastro, gastrointestinal tract. So there is really no clear definition of gut health and it can mean something different for like researchers, medical professionals, um, the community, like it, it means different things to different people. However, for this podcast, I'm going to refer to gut health as having a healthy gut microbiome and limited digestive system uh, symptoms. Wow. Struggling today. Okay, so what people don't know is people assume that if they've got bacterial in their gut, they've got issues, and that's that's completely false. So we have about 200 species of bacteria, viruses, and fungi that actually live in our large intestine. So the bacteria and other microorganisms in your gut are known as your gut microbiome. So I know microbiome has become like a really hot word, and it gets used um, – I bought a micellar facial wash the other day and it said micro like good for your microbiome. And I'm like, so it is becoming a bit of like a hot word, but basically your microbiome is just um, that bacteria, the microorganisms, all of that stuff in your gut. That is what your microbiome is. And we need bacteria because it helps us to break down food and helps us to turn food into nutrients your body can actually use. So we do have certain types of bacteria in your gut that can actually then contribute to some diseases. Um, Some of the microorganisms that live in our gut can actually be harmful to our health if they end up in a surplus. So if you have too many of the wrong type, that's when we start to get gut issues, gut symptoms. Um, But many of them are actually beneficial and very necessary for a healthy body. So we're actually learning that the variety of bacteria in your gut is an important indicator 
of the health of your microbiome. So it's not just having, um, you know, like one or two bacteria, it's actually having a really healthy, well-rounded amount of everything. So that's why sometimes like people want to go in and they, and like, if you get a GI test done, you'll actually see it will list a bunch of microorganisms and bacteria and virus and fungi and all that. And you'll never see that it like, it will never say to you, like, you don't want this. It's actually a scale. And if you have too much, it'll be in the red. And if you have too little, it's in, I think it's in the yellow from memory of a gut test. But anyway, you want a healthy balance. So there's actually a lot of bacteria that if you end up with too much of it, you have a host of symptoms, but you also don't want to have too little of it. Everything is about balance. And that is something that I can't stress enough, you know, like, and that's why we talk about a balanced lifestyle, balanced nutrition, because then that leads to a balanced microbiome and balanced hormones. So you might be thinking then, why is gut health so important? Why is the bacteria that live in our gut, why do, why do we have to have a healthy balance of it? And basically it's because it assists with food breakdown. It helps us to produce essential nutrients and allow for faster nutrient bioavailability, um, which is done via uh, pre-digestion. Without the right balance, nutrient production, absorption, digestion, and assimilation is suboptimal, which basically means like you're just, you're not going to be getting the right uh, nutrients from your food. You're not going to be getting, um, you're not going to be absorbing the right nutrients. And that's where we see like depleted levels of vitamin D or iron or stuff like that. So, you know, it, it does have powerful implications for our health and vitality Um, immunity. It helps, uh, you know, like having that healthy gut also helps protect us from food allergies and intolerances. Um, That's where like you want to, like if people have heard the term leaky gut, like we want to protect the lining of our gut to protect us from that. Um, Cognition. So thinking like brain, memory, um, cognition is like, you know, kind of Cognition is, you can kind of think of it like physically and mentally. So, you know, it's having that sharp mindset, like your brain has that ability to just kind of like work through different things very quickly. Um, And then also uh, cognition is, you know, like hand-eye coordination, like your brain basically telling the rest of your body what it needs to do. Um, Natural detoxification pathways, exercise performance and recovery, weight loss stability, like the list could go on. So gut health is really important to us because if your gut has more bad bacteria than good bacteria, you're going to have a host of symptoms. Um, and then those, and then also, like I said, the gut, the gut is kind of like a second brain. Um, there was actually a quote by Hippocrates and it's that all disease starts in the gut. And so then it starts to leak out to other areas. So it can start to, it can start to affect, you know, our hormones. It can affect our, the way that we dispose of waste. So, you know, if we're not regularly going to the bathroom, we're recirculating a lot of toxins that our body's trying to excrete, excrete back into our system. So that is why gut health is really so important. Um, so now let's go through some signs of an unhealthy gut. And then what are some symptoms that you might see from, 
Well, sorry, I'm going to, yeah, so signs of an unhealthy gut, but I'm basically going to kind of talk through like how is the gut affected and then like what are some signs and symptoms that you need to kind of watch out for. Okay, so our gut microbiome or our gut health can actually be affected by a lot of things. Um, This is a very minimal list, but, and there are other things that definitely impact, but this again, like I just want to kind of stick to the basics. So some of the stuff that affects our microbiome is stress, too little sleep, lack of uh, physical activity, um, eating too much processed food. And I'm going to start to go into, you know, like how today's world actually imbalances our intestinal microbiome, but that is in a second, but food and processed food is probably one of the worst because stress is, you know, and it's, it's an external thing. Our body internally feels it, but food is like what our body is trying to pull nutrients and minerals from to help it function and survive. So when we're eating processed food, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of nutritional value in those foods. Um, and so then it impacts like down the chain. Um, smoking and drinking alcohol and taking antibiotics. And a lot of people have taken antibiotics over the years from surgery or from, um, you might've had, I don't know, you might have, um, like you might go to hospital and you'll have sinus issues. And so they'll give you antibiotics. Um, you might have like a really bad flu or sickness. Um, I know I had tonsillitis last year and they straight away give you antibiotics. And at the time you're like, yes, this is great because it's going to get rid of the pain and the issue quite quickly. But the antibiotics don't just kill off the bacteria that's causing those issues. It also kills off the bacteria and the microbiome in your gut, which then leaves you with like Think of like open patches of grass that then the bad bacteria can move into and set up camp. So the gut microbiome is also affected by things we cannot control, such as our environment, our age, our birth mode. I know it's weird, our birth mode, and also whether we were breastfed or bottle fed as a baby, the research has shown that that impacts our microbiome. However, we can change our microbiome and our microbiome actually changes very quickly. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think I read, um, I've been reading Dr. Sarah Gottfried and I hope I haven't butchered her last name, but her new book, Mind or Brain Body Diet or Brain Body Something. Um, she actually has some stats in that book that shows that in some cases we can actually change some of our microbiome within 24 hours. Um, So even though, you know, like some of the stuff we don't have control over, the stuff we do have control over can actually make an impact and it can make an impact very quickly. So while we we cannot use one specific measure for our gut health, some signs that you may have poor gut health can include digestive symptoms. So we're talking gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, heartburn, um, bloating as soon as you wake up, bloating after you eat every meal. Um, you might have a combination of constipation and diarrhea, or you might struggle to go to the bathroom every two to three days. That is not okay. That is not a good sign of health. Please get onto that. Um, and then the other one is, you know, diarrhea, things passing through you really quickly because your body doesn't actually have time to absorb the nutrients. And then with constipation, your body has time to reabsorb toxins that your body's trying to get rid of. Um, so you don't want stuff to be too fast or too slow. Um, sleep disturbances or fatigue, 
mood, emotional state, um, such as high stress, low mood, anxiety, our mood is impacted by our gut so much. Um, There's a lot of research and a lot of people out there that say that our gut is like our second brain. Um, So, you know, like if you do have really bad, like emotional concerns or issues, looking at into your gut health is definitely one of the first places that you can go. Um, also other things that affect it is high frequency of infectious illnesses, such even such as the common cold. And one of the biggest things that affect our gut is the birth control pill. So that's just a couple of things. And I mean, like I said, this list is not everything. However, what I like to say is if you have three or more of these at least three times a week, you potentially have a gut issue. And I would definitely do some more research into it. So in today's world, like in today's world, our imbalances with our microbiome are kind of normal. Everybody will have some level of imbalance in their gut. Why is this? Because we are stressed all the time. Our environment is not what it used to be, you know, a thousand years ago. Um, We have an overuse of antibiotics we have a lack of or, you know, short-term duration of breastfeeding for some people. Um, some people are born C-section or cesarean, and that can definitely impact microbiome. But like I said, you know, you can change your microbiome. Um, we have a reduced contact with animals and dirt and the environment. Um, you know, I know when I was a kid, I could eat dirt and like my mom would be like, you know, put the dirt down. But Nowadays, like I, I watch some people with their kids and their kids just touch one little thing. And then it's like, no, like wipe their hands. And we're not able to build like an immunity to that either. Um, unhealthy diets that are low in fiber and high in processed foods and added sugar, like food this, these days is so accessible and the accessible foods are the foods that are highly processed. You know, you can literally be driving along and see a KFC and be like, oh, I'm going to get KFC. And it's a drive-through. Like how easy is that? Um, so accessibility is really kind of a problem. Um, and when we have a diet that's high in processed food, high in sugar and low in fiber, there's really nothing of nutritional value for our body to actually grab hold of. But that also um, adds to inflammation as well. Um, and the last thing that I've got on my list is just a sedentary lifestyle and poor sleep habits. So yes, these do affect your intestinal bacteria. Um, Sleep is massive. You know, it basically recharges and recovers the whole body. Um, And having a sedentary lifestyle and not moving is definitely also going to um, impact your microbiome. So if you might do a, you might have had a number of these, or you might tick a number of these, and these create a perfect storm that sets up the stage for poor gut health. So, when we are talking, you know, how does how does poor gut health cause so many problems? That's the question that I do get a lot. Um, you know, like we've talked about the fact that it impacts our mood and energy. Um, poor gut health also impacts our skin and our joints. Like if you have, um, like psoriasis or you have, you know, itchy patches on your skin, it's basically your internal pushing externally. So, you know, that's like, we can't see inside our gut without a microscope or a 
colonoscopy or something, but we can see like what our skin is trying to tell us about our internal health. Um, our gut health also impacts our metabolism, our immune function, our hormones, our thyroid. Like why does poor gut health cause so many problems? And it's because many of these conditions are caused by inflammation. So what does modern day inflammation look like? Fatigue. Inflammation can cause fatigue by creating imbalances in your stress hormones, so like cortisol. Um, And sometimes this can end up being uh, like adrenal insufficiency. A lot of people call it adrenal fatigue. It is not the right wording, but that's okay. Um, You might identify with having really low fatigue or adrenal insufficiency, and that causes inflammation. Um, Depression or anxiety. So when inflammation from the gut gets into the brain, it can alter your neurotransmitters or happy mood chemicals. Um, So like I said, a lot of the time, if you have mood issues, looking into your gut health can help a lot. Um, Brain fog. Brain fog is a big one that I get from people. So again, when the inflammation from the gut gets into the brain, it can cause this brain fog or cloudy thinking. Insomnia. Inflammation in our digestive tract has been documented to cause insomnia. It causes acne and other skin conditions. Um, You know, like I just said before, the skin is a reflection of the gut. A healthy gut equals healthy skin. Um, Let's link it to hormones because that's that's my jam. Um, So female hormone imbalances. So inflammation can directly and indirectly alter the balance of female hormones and cause things like PMS. Um, It can cause, it can not cause, but it can definitely drive some symptoms of PCOS. Um, So it drives things like, you know, fatigue, irritability, bloating, altered cycle length or flow, low libido, hot flashes. Um, With men, it kind of does the same. You know, they can experience like fatigue and low libido, erectile dysfunction, muscle loss, poor memory. Um, Inflammation then damages your body's ability to use thyroid hormones. So if your thyroid labs are normal or if you're on thyroid medication, but you're still exhibiting Um, hypothyroid symptoms, inflammation is likely the cause. Um, And then we also have our immune system dysregulation and autoimmunity. So bacterial overgrowths or inflammation in the small intestine are connected with problems in our immune system, including conditions such as Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune thyroid condition, celiac disease, irritable bowel syndrome. I'm not going to touch on IBS in this, but IBS is a very blanket term that doctors like to use to say, I don't really know what's going on. We know you have gut issues, but we don't really know what's going on. And you've got inflammation in the gut. So we're going to use IBS. IBS, if you have IBS, this five-hour framework that I'm going to walk you through can help relieve a lot of your symptoms. Um, rheumatoid arthritis, food reactivity, and inflammatory bowel disease. So think like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. So you can kind of see that if you have unhealthy gut bacteria, that's going to equal inflammation and inflammation equals symptoms. So that's again, while in functional health, we like to talk about getting to the root cause of the issue. So If we were to address your symptom of low libido and your low libido is coming from your gut issues, yes, on the surface, we might fix a little bit of that issue and your libido might come up because we're going to be targeting, you know, hormones. But if we're not fixing the actual root cause, 
in 12 months to two years, those symptoms are going to come back because we haven't actually fixed the problem. And so when I coach clients and they come and they start with me, we start with a foundation of actually supporting the gut, clearing out the gut, um, which is using this 5R framework that I'm going to walk you through in a second. Um, So I always start there because otherwise we're just spinning our wheels, trying to deal with hormone issues, but the hormone issues might actually be a symptom of the inflammation and the inflammation is coming from the unhealthy gut. So I hope that that's kind of straightforward. (laughs) Okay, so the science is in. Gut therapies can improve your health. So working through a framework like what we're going to talk about in a second can improve your gut health. Clinical trials have shown that people who are not feeling well can improve their health by modulating their gut bacteria. So changing their microbiome, which we've talked about, you can do. So this is really good news. But as I said at the beginning, There are a lot of marketing strategies at the moment that are using words like gut health or microbiome to sell you products that are literally crap and it's just a waste of money. So that's why this 5R framework, like yes, it uses some supplements um, and supplements unfortunately are individualized person to person and condition to condition, but you'll kind of get the general gist. And to be honest, a gut protocol, if it's not severe, can actually be on the cheapest side, which is great. But, you know, there's like a lot of um, like probiotic powders that, you know, great flavored and stuff. If you've got a gut issue and you're going straight into a probiotic, you're actually feeding the good and the bad bacteria. So even though it says, oh, this product is going to help your gut. Yeah, it might. But there's actually a system that you need to follow before utilizing something like that. So I do see a lot of people buying like gut health products and then going, I still I still have my issues. And it's like, yes, because you haven't worked through it systematically. So by improving gut health, you're going to be addressing the cause of an array of symptoms and conditions that we've talked about and understanding how to use these, um, these, I guess these therapies or frameworks or, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, understanding how to use these tools correctly is going to improve your gut and it's going to lead to improved health. Um, However, if used incorrectly, these tools can actually still lead you on that merry-go-round of jumping from one diet or one supplement to the next because you're doing it in the wrong order. So 5R framework. Let's let's do this nice and quick. It's very, um, I don't want to say basic because it's not basic. It's very, there's a lot of science, but it's a very simple five steps to kind of follow. So when I work with a client that has gut issues or hormone issues, my first intervention is gut health. And I like to start with food. Food is fuel people and food is going to fix a lot of problems for a lot of people. But then I also use it in conjunction with the 5R approach. So what is the 5R approach? It is a systematic and comprehensive method that not only improves symptoms, but it helps you heal to get lasting results. So first stage, we start with remove. We want to remove anything that could be irritating the gut, such as food. So we want to remove any type of gut irritant, such as alcohol, caffeine, processed foods, food additives. Um, There might be some like carbohydrates and fats that you struggle with digesting. Definitely take them out. If you have any food intolerances or sensitivities or allergies, take them out as well. 
we want to remove stuff like our medications and we do want to remove most of our supplements. Um, so over-the-counter medications such as heartburn medication and NSAIDs, um, like aspirin or ibuprofen, are known to cause digestive dysfunction. We also want to consider the potential side effects of prescription medications that could be discontinued under the advice of your physician. And even though you can purchase supplements over the counter, that does not necessarily mean they are benign. There are many supplements that can cause digestive symptoms. We also want to move, remove stress. It's not just a feeling. Stress causes a biochemical reaction by releasing a hormone called cortisone into your bloodstream and too much I don't know why I said cortisone. It says cortisol. Cortisol. Cortisone is another stress hormone. <laughs> cortisol and too much cortisol can cause inflammation in the digestive tract. Remember, inflammation equals symptoms. And then, so infections, bacteria, parasites, and pathogens that may require treatment. We want to remove them. So how do we remove them? Now, there's a couple different ways to do this. And it really depends on what symptoms you're experiencing. And is this parasitic in nature or a bacterial overgrowth issue? So this is where testing can be really beneficial. Um, now, if you just want to do, like, if you just think you've got some gut health issues, then I suggest sticking to just like antibacterial herbs. So things like garlic, oregano, um, I believe the Americans pronounce it oregano, um, golden seal, ginger, stuff like that is um, antibacterial in nature and is going to help kill off, um, you know, certain types of bacteria. Then you can kind of go to antimicrobial um, and some of these do uh, cross over. So you, again, you've got ginger, you've got oregano, you've got cloves and golden seal. Um, so these are all herbs that you can get and you can just type these into iHerb and they'll have individualized herbs but the best I find is a blend of different herbs um, so some of the other ones are like uh, peppermint licorice basil they're all antimicrobial so you really do want to look for a blend then we've got some stronger herbs that are antiparasitic um, and these include things like wormwood green black walnut hulls cloves again um, there's different, you can, there's some teas that you can get, um, but these are all natural antiparasitic herbs um, and they're really effective for killing off parasites. Um, so that's where I would start. Um, additionally, if you live in Australia, there is a product called Ultimate Fiber by Quenda, so Q-E-N-D-A. Now, not only does it give you an excellent organic source of dietary fiber, it's also going to help with bowel movements, so helping to get um, things flushed out of the body very quickly. Um, but it also has a lot of those herbs like black walnut hull. Uh, it's got slippery elm bark, marshmallow root, which is really soothing on the gut, turmeric, which is great for um, inflammation. Um, so they've got a lot of different things in there, which can help to uh, not just soothe the gut, but also to kill anything off. Um, now another supplement while I'm thinking of it is, um, called GI detox. It's from New Zealand, uh, but you can also get it in America. So just type in GI detox. Um, that is what we call, 
a binder and it's like a mop. So you are going to feel a little bit crappy in the first couple of weeks because you're going to be getting die-off symptoms. And so the idea of this product is to go in and mop and bind everything up that you're killing off to get it out of the system before it makes you feel sick um, from releasing toxins as it, as the bacteria dies off. Um, so that is also something that I would highly suggest. So once you've done that for three to four weeks, then you want to move into replace. Now, the next three stages are replace, repopulate, and repair. I do blend these. Um, so I will normally kind of do maybe two to three weeks on replace and then repopulate and repair. I blend together. Remove needs to be done separately because that is like your foundation. So then when you're doing replace, repopulate, repair, you're looking at doing those for a good four to eight weeks. So now all of a sudden you're at 12 weeks. So this is a three month protocol. Um, and it should be no shorter than that. Technically it should be longer. Um, cause you will see improvements, but we really want to make sure that we're solidifying and healing that gut. So replace. So depending on your health condition and symptoms, you may be lacking certain elements that are key to digestion, such as stomach acid, bile, and digestive enzymes. You also may be deficient in nutrients. So part of your gut healing plan may include supplements to replace the missing elements, such as betaine, HCL, bile salts, and enzymes that help digest fat, lactose, carbohydrates, and protein. So you could just use a digestive enzyme. Foods containing nutrients that help the body produce these elements. So for instance, bitter foods can help stomach uh, stimulate stomach acid and digestive enzymes. Foods and or supplements to address nutrition deficiencies. So digestive conditions can affect the absorption of nutrients such as B12, iron, calcium, magnesium, and zinc. So in this stage, I like to give um, a B12 or an activated B12 and zinc. Then we move into repopulate. So remember that these elimination diets, which is what they are, they're not forever. Once symptoms have improved significantly, it's then time to reintroduce foods that will help rebalance the microbiome. This is the term for the collection of good, good gut bacteria that play a role with immune, digestive, and metabolic health, which we've already been over. We want to keep the bugs happy. Remember, you have to have a balance of bugs in the gut, but we want to keep that balance so that they're happy. So this is where we're going to start to reintroduce the following foods. Now, if you're still getting bloating issues and your symptoms are not improving, this is where I would say don't do this step. Reach out to a functional health practitioner or a naturopath or a functional nutritionist to work through your gut issues because you probably have something deeper going on that you need to address. Because then if you start to put in these prebiotic and probiotic foods, you're refeeding and you're going to end up like you're feeding bad bacteria and you're going to end up with, you know, probably worse symptoms. But if your symptoms have predominantly cleared and you're feeling really good, we want to start to add in prebiotic foods. And this term describes the type of foods that gut bacteria love to eat. They include carbohydrates such as onions, garlic, leeks, asparagus, apples, and bananas. And we also want to reintroduce the variety, sorry, reintroduce or increase the variety of grains like oats, barley, and seeds like flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, stuff like that. Probiotic foods. Um, so this describes foods that are rich in bacteria, beneficial for our digestive system. While we can take probiotics as a supplement, we may want to reintroduce fermented foods like yogurt, sauerkraut, kimchi, and kombucha. 
Again, if you have gut issues and you're drinking kombucha like it's going out of fashion, you are feeding the issues that you're having. I am not a fan of kombucha at all. I prefer that people never put it back in. However, if you do enjoy it and you've kind of gone through, so again, if you're going through remove, take the kombucha out, take all of this stuff out because that's feeding. We want to remove first and then work through this. But at this point, you can add the kombucha back in and see how you feel. Now, the fourth phase is repair. So at this stage, we want to create an environment that supports gut healing and long-term relief. We encourage repair of the intestinal cells and mucosa, reduce inflammation, and help our microbiome find a happy home within our digestive, digestive tract. So things that we might include are foods that are high in vitamins A, C, D, and E, as well as zinc. So you still want to keep zinc in at this point. Foods rich in amino acids, such as bone broth, like bone broth is fantastic for helping to heal the mucosa lining. And if you've been told that you have stuff like leaky gut, this is the part where we're going to start to actually heal that leaky gut is in the repair section. Using then supplements like L-glutamine, collagen, aloe vera, marshmallow or slippery elm, this is where those supplements come back in. Um, So glutamine, again, is fantastic. It's really cheap. Aloe vera is so soothing on the gut, like that's going to help cool down a lot of inflammation. Um, So in this repair phase, we're really focusing on fixing um, the leaks that have happened or, you know, the junctions that have kind of widened. We want to tighten those junctions in our stomach lining. And then finally, (laughs) rebalance. So Rebalance is more about our lifestyle habits because they have such an enormous influence on our digestive system and health. During this phase, we want to address stress management, which again, you should have addressed at the beginning, improving sleep, moving more, and also improving relationships and just maybe even being like a little bit more social because that's going to kind of steer us away from being sedentary. So while this is presented as a stepwise approach, you can be working on multiple phases at the same time, like I've already said. But removing the food and the irritants and all of that stuff needs to happen first. That is the first step. However, like I said, then you can actually combine um, the stuff that you do and the supplements you take in the repair phase with the re-inoculate phase and in rebalance where we're saying, you know, stress management, improving sleep, Start working on that stuff as well. You know, the foundations, foundational habits and our daily habits are what's going to impact us the most. So start working on all of that at the beginning of that remove phase. Um, the last little thing that I, the last little note that I have here before I wrap up is that this is not a personalized approach. This is a very blanket approach that allows you to have enough information to start doing stuff on your own. However, if you're not seeing improvements, this is where the personalized 5R framework can be created for you. Um, And so, you know, just as a little example of a case study with a client, like we did, she had really severe gut issues. So we actually did a GI map, which is a GI test, found out that she, she didn't have SIBO, but she had, um, She did test positive for parasites. She also tested positive for stuff like candida, which, um, you know, is driven by sugar. It's a yeast. So we specified her supplements to just be anti-parasitic and 
more of like a antifungal, more candida based um, treatment. And so that then is more personalized to what you actually have going on rather than having a very blanket approach. She didn't have leaky gut issues, thankfully. So we only had to, we didn't really have to spend too much time in the repair phase. So we just added L-glutamine and then that was it. Everything else was, and a little bit of bone broth and everything else was, you know, fine. We focused more on her actual repopulate. So making sure that we were getting heaps of different probiotics, heaps of different prebiotics. Um, so that's where like a personalized approach would come into it. And that's, um, you know, then getting a lot more specific to your symptoms and your needs. Um, but that is pretty much the process. Um, again, so just to kind of really recap it, uh, remove, you want to do for about four to six weeks, depending on your symptoms. If your symptoms start to improve, then you can start to do the rebalance and repopulate phase. You want to do that for about, let's say two to four weeks, then you would add in the repair or you can add the repair in straight away. You can mix these three together, but you want to do these for at least eight weeks. So you've got about 12 weeks in total. So three months of working on your gut and then the rebalance would be, you know, just continuing to work on those daily habits. So that is it for Gut Health 101 and giving you guys a really quick and amazing takeaway to then go and implement yourselves to see if you can improve your gut health. The reason we do it in those steps is so that we're actually removing the problem before we start to put stuff back in and therefore not feeding the issue. Um, So it is really important to follow that, you know, starting with remove. But that is everything that I have for this episode this week. Again, sorry for it being a couple of days late. I am going to endeavor to definitely get onto these earlier and get them loaded on Tuesdays. Um, If you like, as always, if you have any questions, please feel free to send me a message or send me an email. Um, I love to just have a chat with you guys and, you know, help point you in the right direction for your health. So I hope you got something out of this episode and I will see you guys in two weeks. Thank you for joining me on another episode on the Aligned AF podcast. If you're enjoying the episodes, please share and tag me on Instagram as I love to see it. Also make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whichever streaming platform you use to make sure you don't miss an episode. Have a question? I'm always here for a chat. You'll find my Instagram handle in the show notes below. Please drop me a message. Until next time, bye guys.